Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. First, I want to start by welcoming our guests today. We have some old school heavy hitters. Charlie is here. Welcome, Eming. Always a pleasure to have you on the mic or in the booth. Paul, glad you can make time for us. And we are welcoming for the first time to the show today, a former Yo! contributor, poet, filmmaker, artist, writer, uh, and friend of Youth Outlook Pacific News Service, New American Media for many, many years, Andre Baca. Andre, thanks for coming on. It's great to see your face. It's great to have you. It's great to have all you guys. I'm going to give a very limited intro because I feel like our, our conversation today will essentially direct itself and doesn't really need much context. Uh, we're here to talk about Colin Kaepernick. And there's a lot to cover in that saga. Obviously, it's become uh, a newly relevant story uh, because of this 30th anniversary Just Do It Nike campaign using Colin Kaepernick's face, which was a surprise, uh, controversial in a lot of ways because uh, I'm sure the NFL isn't too happy about it. Uh, but a lot of people who are not, you know, some people are setting their Nike shoes on fire. Uh, and other people uh, see a sense of validation in the fact that, you know, Kaepernick, who's been excluded uh, from the NFL, essentially, for his politics, I think that's fair to say, now has the support uh, of this giant multinational corporation who, who took a risk in supporting him. Obviously, there are a lot of threads to pursue. But that's why you're here, Dre. I know you've been working on a story about Kaepernick for a long time. Uh, I've seen thousands of words that you produced so far. Uh, a lot of it is timeline and overview. When did you start paying attention to this story? When, and how did Colin Kaepernick become such a, an important figure to you? Well, first of all, I'll say thank you. And uh, hello. Glad to be involved with the old Yo crew. But um, down to business. But I have to say, I, I, my, first, my first memory was watching him in the locker room with just... Um, he had no. He had pretty much very little uniform on. It was just that he was really clean. He was the backup now. Um, it was clear that his time with the, the 49ers was either coming to an end or it was changed because he was now the backup. And I, 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 most uh, 49ers fans um, probably don't realize is that he never used to talk. He was uh, really quiet in the locker room. He was monotone, one-word yeah. answers. It was yeah. a. It was a lot like um, uh, what's his name? Lynch, uh, Beef right? He was Marshawn Lynch before yeah. before Marshawn Lynch was exactly. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, yeah. maybe a little bit more uh, receptive to what they say, but yeah, it was it was boring. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. uh, was kind of weird because yeah, he, he was from, not a know, media darling. Good. Everybody loved him on the field, but when it came for inter- post game interviews, yeah, he was a very quiet mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, so to hear him go on for like at least twenty minutes straight talking about all kinds of topics of. You know, dealing with what's going on in, in the uh, the black culture on the streets and the the uh, you know police brutality and then just uh, the shirt he was. I remember he was wearing a shirt that had a, a statement about uh, Native Americans that I've seen before. So I was like, man, he's really taking a stand. And it seemed like he'd like taken a bunch of college courses during that off season. Kobe <laughs> <laughs> was just like coming with it strong. So I was kind of yeah. proud of it. Like, damn, yeah, yeah I was just really impressed. I agree. So we were, I mean, just to get this out of the way, part of the reason we're all entrenched in this, I think all of us, uh, we're all Bay Area people. Most of us are San Francisco people. Most of us, I think, are 49er fans. I'm a 49er fan. Baca, I know you yeah. are. Uh, yeah. Charlie, I know you are. 
Yeah, I'm currently boycotting the NFL, but I'm a 49er fan. <laughs> you make that exception. <laughs> I know how to watch sports. So we've been following him uh, for a long time. He's been an important figure for us. I mean, a, a big part, some of the conversations I've been having recently are, you know, kind of revisiting what a savior he was as a quarterback. I mean, a lot of the credit, you know, the Niners are great in those years. After a long, long dry period um, when we had Nolan and Singletary, once once uh, Harbaugh came in and Kaepernick was at the front, Niners started to look relevant again, uh, which is part of the reason. I mean, it's the reason I started to pay attention to him. You know, he ran for almost 200 yards in a game against Green Bay. He was a, a really stellar athlete, and I think, Sometimes we forget that while we're having these political conversations is that he really shone. That was you know? an awesome two years. Yeah. I mean, it didn't last very long, Charlie. Thank you for perspectivizing. Didn't last very long. And it wasn't all because of him. The Niners were good because, you know, Singletary laid a foundation with that defense. and Harbaugh came in. There's a lot of other talent on that team. Uh, but I always associate those years, including the Super Bowl run, uh, with Kaepernick, he was at the front of the ship, you know, and he was a humble dude. So I, that's my one piece. Uh, I do want to ask you again uh, really quickly, Dre, because part of it seems like based on what you've shared with me and what I've read, um, part of your interest in, in Kaepernick's politics with the way that he chose to protest, right? He's like sitting, you know, taking a knee uh, during this, you know, political, this Patriotic pageantry, right? You know, we beginning football game. Yeah, now you have fly, you have flyovers. You have an American flag that's as big as the field. You know, a veteran will come out and, and everybody will cheer for him. And then we do um, the national anthem. That's how he chose to protest, right? Which is unique, uh, similar, I guess, to you know the Black Olympians uh, in, in the '68 Olympics who put up a fist during the national anthem. Uh, but your specific connection to that had to do with your childhood and your own relationship talk a little bit about that i know you i know you wrote some about it but can you share a little about about what what it means to grow up i mean your family is jehovah's witness right like they you you never stood up for the pledge of allegiance or anything like that yeah so um growing up you know yeah so like uh, the only people that were jehovah's witnesses back in the 80s like for us that were in the in the kingdom hall was a uh, the jackson family uh yeah. prince yeah. and like i um, there's uh, i think some of the guys from um I want to say, uh, uh, well, yeah, just a couple of musicians. Those were the two top prints and, and, and Michael Jackson. So, like, when you're going up there, you're always, like, looking up to them. Like, okay, you got some relevance in society. These people are, are dope. But um, back to being, you know, on the topic of him. Um, when you're growing up in that church, um, it's it, there's the rules aren't uh, defined to the public. I don't think the public knows much about the, the rules when you're growing up. But um so the big one for me was, uh, you know, not being able to salute the flag, which wasn't a big deal to me. But when you go into school, um, you become kind of a pariah because you got all these eyes on you every morning, uh, at least for the first couple of weeks of school. People are tripping out like, why does he get to get away with it? Or what, you know, for my sister, well, why does she so get what, to get away with it? what would it? happen? I mean, everybody would stand up to do Pledge of Allegiance, put their hand over their heart, and then you would just, you, you were sitting in your chair or what? Yeah, and can I so ask I, I, what school this was? Oh man, I, I was going to school. Um, I, I, at that time, I was going to school in New Mexico, so I, my parents had moved us over to Santa Fe. But um, um, but yeah, so I, you would you would stand up and you just wouldn't you wouldn't salute. You just um, sometimes I remember sitting down, but 
Yeah, it was always the it was always the first month of school when you know you're kind of excited. School started again, and then you got to like, oh damn, there's some anxiety involved because yeah. you know these kids are going to be tripping off of wait, what's going on? Like, what, yeah. wait, why? You know, what's going on? And yeah. and it's all st- rooted in um, no idolatry. There's no idolatry to anything in the religion. Yeah, there's, so no, there's no, you, statues, know, no... Right? you know, you don't see any statues of Jesus. You don't see any crosses, right? I mean, I'll, I'll you know, there are the basic things that people know about Jehovah's Witness. I'm not, I assume these are true and then they're not just like made up stereotypes, but like, you know, no Christmas, no birthdays, Right. And no, Correct, no yeah. other celebrated holidays, and it's because of you know what's no music, on. no music, no birthday cards, no nothing. What do you yeah. mean, no music, Andre? Is that true? No music? No, music. no they got I mean, special music. They got like a, lot a special of musicians CD. for no music. No music. Right? They can't celebrate. Uh, how did Prince navigate that? I went to a Prince no, I concert. I, I went to a Prince concert. And he had the Ten Commandments on stage. What they didn't do was play sports. Can't play. Can't do shit. You can't All right, do so shit. before we have before we have a round robin from a bunch of people who don't know, I'm going to ask the person <laughs> who does know, who actually grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, who could tell us some of the parameters, the relevant parameters. We're not going to interrogate you about your your childhood religion. I hope but... you don't feel jazzed. I really hope you don't feel jazzed. <laughs> it's kind of close because there's a lot. Of, every family would take liberties. Which is yeah. like no video games. So Nintendo was huge, but I couldn't play Nintendo for yeah, a long time. You're, you're, oh, you guys are like Catholics. <laughs> we had Nintendo, man. I was Catholic. We, there was no rules on Nintendo in the house. There was a plethora of Nintendo going on in that Catholic house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that. You weren't even supposed to really. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, you weren't the supposed to part. associate with other oh, things. Okay, that's what you meant about about Catholics bending the rules. Well, I'm sure like any religion, you know, you have people who are really, really strict, people who are kind of lax, people who are in the middle. But for you guys, yeah. no Nintendo, no birthdays, none of that. So uh, just to finish that point really quickly, and I won't ask you any more questions about being a Jehovah's Witness. I'm sure you have to answer questions like that all the time. But uh, was that, did you feel like a, a specific kind of like, connection to Kaepernick's protest as like a person who gets ostracized for not, you know, bowing before the flag. Yeah. And so what I had, I had written about was, um, I, I believe his name was, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Uh, if you remember like early nineties basketball, I was the first time as I was, yeah, you know, going to, as a witness, seeing somebody else do it. And I was like, my first sports. So he was he was a like, practicing Muslim, right? So during the national anthem, he would pray, right? As he would stand up, correct? And he would pray instead of saying the national anthem, right? Exactly. No, no, hand over the heart. Um, no, not taking. He would, and it looked a lot like what I would do. I didn't obviously bow my head in the same respect that he did, right. but it was the first sports figure, on, and he was doing it on a national stage on television in front of you know you know twenty thousand people. So. Now I'm, like, familiar, oh, wow. I'm familiar with the story now in this context, but I don't remember hearing much about it at the time. Was it controversial yeah. at the time? Were people critical of oh, him? Oh, very yes. much so. He lost okay. his yes. NBA contract. Wow. There you go. I don't There's remember that. Wow. I, yeah. You know what's like a funny though? I, I never stood up for the national anthem, dude. What do you mean never? Where? Like at a baseball game or something? At school, when I started going to Catholic school, when I came from private school where they weren't doing it. And when I went to Catholic school, I didn't stand up for it. If the, I went to public school, I didn't stand up for it. And my, How about my, when my you were in Catholic school, did you, did you say, 
Um, did you say the prayers with everybody else? Did you say the Our Father and did you say no. the Hail Marys? Wow, no. and it was the same type of protest type thing. Like, like and my, are and you my literally pop, too cool? Like, no, my my pops was like a my pops was you know what I'm saying my parents were progressive, they were educated, and they were like, yeah, you have the right to right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't shun- my dad used to take it to protest, march around, you know, same old stuff. It wasn't shunned upon in my household at school and stuff. Though people might have said something to my parents, but they mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you can't make them do that. So at what, like, age, what age did you start going rogue, Paul, and just rejecting everything? I went to Catholic school like, in the sixth grade, and in the sixth grade, I wasn't standing up for the uh, national anthem. When I went to swim meets between, between the time I was five and 12 and played ten, at tennis matches, I did not stand up for the swim meet and for the national anthem, and it was a problem. Paul, I just want to say as a quick aside, those are some very country club sports you uh, participated in. I was not, I was not expecting you to say swim swim meets and tennis matches. That's, that's a good call. <laughs> I know. That's why I break that stuff out. You guys don't know me. I, I like breaking all the stereotypes, Paul. I love it, man. That's right. <laughs> Charlie, what about you, man? I know you've been following this closely from the beginning. Uh, I, a, a lot of the criticism now, maybe I'll put it to you this way. A lot of people are saying like, yeah, okay, fine. Nike, Nike gave him a contract and they're supporting him, but really this is just their way of kind of, you know, capitalizing on a popular political issue. And they're just trying to sell sneakers. They're a big corporation anyway. Why do we think this is so significant? Do you share that view or do you, you really, you know, you like what Nike did here and you think it's, you know, significant. I don't think the two are mutually <laughs> exclusive. I can recognize both that, at the end of the day, uh, Nike is a multinational corporation and made a highly calculated move. And I can yeah, appreciate yeah. that um, at the end of the day, uh, what they are doing in supporting Colin Kaepernick is not only making a statement and standing on the right side of history, but they putting their money in a place right where it's going to further benefit uh, Colin yeah. Kaepernick's um, cause you know what i'm saying and it's not just his cause but he's the individual that lost his spot in the nfl he's the individual and 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 nike's also under he ain't nike under heat ain't nike under heat because of that shit in south africa right now Uh, where the exact husband like said some keffer ain't no keffers on the beach and i don't Wait, I don't, we got to fact, we got to fact check that email. Like, look fact, that up. Google that thing. Google that. Can you explain that? Google that. What did you say? Can you say it again? South Africa, an executive somewhere. I don't remember what. It might not have been in Nike, so I'm all the way off on this. But <laughs> all right. Somewhere. Well, I'll look it. But I thought that might have been the reason that Nike was doing this, though. For real, I'm serious. When I when I heard about Nike doing this, I'm like, oh, that's great for Cap. But at the same time, Nike is getting money. They they like okay, yeah, we, we support Kaepernick. Oh, th- this going up there. Like people gonna start buying more Jordans. Well, let's just keep it. Yeah, up. but mm-hmm. hold on. Sure is that they, um, they have support people of color. If you looked at who would get in line for the collections, it was always black, young black kids, young Latino kids, and young Asian kids who were buying the the super collector item shoes that only. You had to be in on the game about, and for years and years, they were just supporting the Jordans, all that shit. So it's like, it makes sense that. And there, yes, you're right, though. And Nike always has done, like when um, Usain Bolt beat uh, England or whatever, 
And they were like, oh, they conquered us, and now we conquered them. That was the, the billboard in New York or whatever. He's saying okay. he's, sponsored, he's so that, sponsored by Puma, okay? He's got a, he's oh, not sponsored bad. by Nike. He's sponsored by Puma. Oh, but I feel like, like people make moves like that. Corporations make a move like that, not truthful. because, oh, it's the right thing to do. Oh, people accepted the design, and this will make us more money is what I'm assuming. Yeah, it's a valid point. And I, I mean, what I've heard from people – uh, I heard a lot of this lately, you know, kind of you know, market, people interpreting the market. Oh, how is this significant for Nike? And what I've heard on. more than one person say is that young people are looking for corporate images to take a political stand, right? Like part, you know, like the idea that we have an idea of what Nike is in our minds, like that's corporate branding. Everybody's branding themselves all the time. And part of branding is having a political stance, no matter what that political stance so for Nike to put this money into Colin Kaepernick and to put this money into Colin Kaepernick's causes and to, uh, you know, create an entire brand around Kaepernick is not only uh, a good thing for a corporation to do, right? Um, but it's something that we have been asking corporations to do for quite some time. So mm-hmm. I find it uh, kind of funny that now because of the side of politics that Colin Kaepernick is standing on, um, because people didn't have an issue with uh, Papa John taking a political stance, right? Um, I think so a lot of people I, did, actually. Uh, no, 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 uh, you know, with the help of Jerry Goodell, went for the king. He tried to get Roger Goodell knocked off the top of the NFL, right? Um, and as a result of him going so public in that effort, that's when the other stuff knocked him down. You know what I'm saying? But in in terms of um, a corporation, you know, I I don't I don't I put it to you like this: Do you know Do you know how big Everlast would be? If they had capitalized on their connection Muhammad Ali. to Muhammad Ali, I know he was. I knew he was the same shit. Nike is capitalizing on their connection to not only Colin Kaepernick but LeBron James. LeBron James supposedly signed a billion dollar lifetime deal with Nike, right? But that billion dollars is not to be paid directly to LeBron James. That billion dollars is to go to LeBron James and projects that he wants done, right? So a lot of the money for that school that he made, Nike. Before he built that school, he spent that thousand, he sent those thousand young men to college. The money behind that, Nike. You know what I'm saying? So Nike been kind of doing it. Yeah, you I mean, what I'm saying? In, that, in the commercial too. And Nike is scheduled to air that commercial. And LeBron is included in that from what I saw in the teasers. And they, they're not, it's not just him on the court. It's him, you know, wearing his glasses, standing on stage at the opening of the school, right? It's talking about and, being bigger than the sport. So they're they're aware right. of that, and they're aware of touting that. And I don't, I mean, I'm definitely not presenting that as my position. I just have seen a lot of response. You know, some people are cynical. Some people are wary. Some people are saying, you know, you just want to capitalize on a political movement to sell sneakers. Uh, I personally, and I, I think I would agree with that. You. If, if. If money comes to the movement and we can get some stuff done, right? Okay, right now, Colin Kaepernick has the collusion case going against the NFL. One of the NFL's arguments besides the bullshit lie that he ain't good enough to play, right? Um, One of the arguments that they have is that he would be bad for business, that they they would lose money fucking with Colin Kaepernick, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Nike is directly challenging 
the NFL on that in this. Right. They they not only make the NFL's jerseys until 2018, right? Yeah. But they will be constantly buying ad placements featuring Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. uh profoundly on their programming. You feel what I'm saying? Like yeah. uh this is a move. Like this is a real move. And I don't think people have really stepped back. They they so big with you know in today's internet culture, we so quick to react to get the first word out. We don't really sit back and think about uh, what it is that we are reacting to in in multiple layers, right? And so um, if you if you if you want to think about the multiple layers of how this can be positive uh, for not only Nike uh, the community. Uh, and Colin Kaepernick as an individual going forward, and if you can't be cool with that, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Like you yeah. just you you on the I'll other say. side of the politic or something. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Man, um, I have a question. You know, you mentioned the lawsuit, the collusion lawsuit to exclude him from the league. I had a conversation with a friend last year. Uh, he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. You guys remember? <laughs> you know, I don't know about three quarters of the way through the season, Eagles were doing great. Carson Wentz gets hurt. Uh, he's their starting quarterback. Uh, Eagles need a backup. They ended up using Nick Foles. They won the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. We know that. But at the time, I was like, this is why backup quarterbacks are important. And this is when you go out, when you go shopping. And I got really excited because I was like, yo, the Eagles are in a good position. They were in a good position at the time that Carson Wentz, I said, got hurt. Maybe they could sign Kaepernick. And I told my friend who was an Eagles fan and like, you know, very progressive dude, very pro Kaepernick person. He was like, nah, man, we don't need Kaepernick playing football. He's like, he's too valuable. No, no. Here's what, here's what was his explanation though, which I think is interesting. He said, he said, he's too valuable. He's bigger than football now. Right. If he's out there, you know, banging his head up every week or whatever, or at the mercy of the failure and success of the team that he's on, it's like he's, he's, He's gone beyond football. He's a he's a bigger figure now, uh, and I think that was an interesting insight at the time. You know that he has. Wow, your friend, bigger than your sport. friend was uh, way ahead of the curve because yeah, he's the only person I've ever heard put it in that term. Because it's like, and it's like, and now that that um, right before the Nike thing dropped, like Charlie was alluding to, the collusion case is pretty much kind of settled because now that the case can go forward. NFL has a choice to make. Do they pay him off to make it go away or do they go ahead with this case, which they're very likely to lose now because it's on record that the Seattle Seahawks canceled their meeting with him. I believe it was the the same week. Yeah. And say, and they asked him, honestly, like, will you suspend your, if we do sign you, which, you know, it's highly likely and he, he was honest with them and said, no, I'm probably not going to suspend it. I'm just going to go along with my, you know, my protest as, as is. And will you sign me? And they said, I'm sorry, don't even, don't even get on the airplane. There's no point. So, it, it, I mean, his collusion case is pretty much, to me, it's, it's a, that's a wrap. Yeah. Get paid well. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty clear. I, I just wonder, you know, and this kind of opens up a whole other Pandora's box, but like, what are the actual legitimate concerns? Like a place like Seattle seems like pretty progressive. You're not going to see people up in arms about their quarterback taking a knee or not. You know, they're not going to sell any less jerseys, you know, but I guess I wonder about a place and I, I don't want to make assumptions about, you know, different geography, but, you know, would they have a harder time? If Colin Kaepernick was on a team like the Falcons, right? If he was in the South, or something do you know? Like that, or do you know what the, the concern Titans, is? Do you know the what the concern is? 
What's the concern? The con- the concern is that white America is racist. Um, that is a concern. That that no, that's the <laughs> NFL. That's the NFL's. That's the NFL's position, and they're they just accepted. The they've accepted the re- yeah. They've uh, accepted the reality. Yeah. like, hey, we have a big racist fan base that we don't want to alienate. <laughs> and, and and they have chosen not to alienate them at the expense of all others. Yeah. And so that's why I'm currently. I don't know. The NFL. Um, I don't know. So, hold on. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Right, uh, wait, you, know you know what though? I. I just. I. Because I think Nike is doing is doing something like you said, but I also think that you, somebody has to say yes to it. It don't got to be my idea to be a good idea, but as Nike, if somebody has an idea that I think will make me more money, I'm going to say yes to it. So I do think that, but I also think it's because you you have to take a stand, like Russell was saying earlier, you have to take a stand on something. This Trump shit is throwing people off. And I think that is why Nike's like, you know what, blood? We've always been kind of progressive. We've always been kind of fucking with the youth. This ain't really that. Yeah. As far as the whole presidency thing, as far as that whole politics thing. And so I think it's their opportunity to be like, hey, you guys, wait a minute. We're still Nike, young cool, not you know what I'm saying, reality TV Trump world type shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and to just to put a little bit of, you know, underlying reality to what you just said about Trump and Nike specifically as two different entities, Trump is talking mm-hmm. about raising the tariffs on Vietnam on a lot of their different textiles and materials, right? Well, that's where the majority of Nikes are made now, Vietnam. Yeah, and Nike already paid between 5 and 20% tariff taxes on a lot of the materials for the shoes. That oh, they I don't doubt they're right? in competition, so, but I don't so, doubt that Nike so, and Trump are somehow, somewhere in competition somehow. They got money so, like that. <laughs> Nike has, a, Nike has a, a very real financial reason to be anti-Trump um, outside of the general social politics. True. But, and I don't have a problem with that. That's but fine. I also think I mean, this is oh, it opens yeah. up. I think this is the, because it's such a, a huge uh, conglomerate uh, of, in the shoe game. The, a lot of these companies are going to start to draw the line in the sand. Where do they stand on certain issues? Kind of like with, back a couple of years ago, Chick Fil A, we got embroiled in that whole thing. Um, gay marriage, right? Community. Wasn't that? Yeah, they they. Yeah. Came out against gay marriage. Is that am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, correct. And yeah. and there's the public the you know public opinion kind of swayed over. Like you know what, <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, those those chicken sandwiches are too good. Nobody really cares. <laughs> from now on, I do think more companies now that especially now that Nike's done it, more companies are going to jump on the bandwagon and start supporting their side of the. They're kind of like the kind of like, like line. Russell, yeah. you, yeah, the NFL kind of is starting to feel like it's crossing over into the NASCAR fan base. And it's like, wait a second, like, yeah. but they, really- uh, they've already done it. Like, yeah. twenty six of the thirty two NFL, thirty one, thirty two NFL owners donated multiple thousands of dollars to Trump. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. like, the lines have already been drawn. They tried to create a rule that says the player has to fucking stand at attention with his hand over his heart. But a right. fucking flag, like lines have already been drawn. You feel what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. I'm curious uh, about what this means for the athletic apparel market, right? If like Nike has come out and said, like, here's here, here's where we stand, right? Like Charlie said, the line has been drawn. 
Nike clearly came out and supported Kaepernick and everything that he represents. So I'm wondering, like, is New Balance going to come out with like an All Lives Matter <laughs> shoe or something like that? New Balance, New Balance already made some kind of st- that's how yep. they became the official sneaker of the alt right. They already made some kind of statement. Is it that oh, they, no, they were statement? Cut, cut. I don't think I think there was some confusion there because I don't think New Balance ever said anything themselves. I think somebody else said no, they did. They, they actually did it. New Balance did because right, I'm, I'm fact checking right. Yeah, now. because they got co-opted with the white supremacists, took them on, and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes!" They're like, "We have nothing to do with that," and they came out and said, yeah. "We don't support that." That was your guys' thing that you said that put it on us, but yeah, the, yeah, I yeah, they rejected it, right? Yeah, yeah. This, I'm, I'm looking right now. There's a Washington Post uh, story. The headline is, "What happens when neo Nazis hijack your brand?" What a nightmare! Yeah. Yeah, they said it was, it was the official shoe of uh, white supremacy. Can you imagine you being go. the person at New Balance? Like, oh, damn. That's like, <laughs> that is a terrible development for you guys. So, yeah, my, my apologies to New Balance. I pulled you guys out of the sky because I remember they were embroiled in that uh, alt right, uh, you know, white, new white power movement uh, controversy. But, you know, yeah, is, is somebody going to counter, you know, where can you turn to if you're like a young racist and you just want some sneakers to play basketball? <laughs> what are you? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> those kids, those kids need options too. <laughs> what's funny? What's funny to me is that like all of these young racists who have taken to like Instagram and YouTube to post uh, videos of themselves burning their shoes, they all are. They all burning like air arch supports. They all burning like no one's putting LeBron's or Jordan. Right, down. nobody's burning Jordan threes. Like nobody. No. Yeah, those are those mid market. I heard somebody ones. put their shoes on fire with his feet still in it. Yeah, those those are the ones. My mama said, "Yep." You know, uh, like like famous footwear. You know, they got those mid market Nikes that are like fifty, sixty dollars. DSW. You know, those are the ones right. that are getting burned. No, right. no, no collabos. There's no off whites. <laughs> no right. off white Prestos are getting thrown. They're my, they're right. my nice. They're my nice. No Air Max 95s. <laughs> they should make like a $15 pair of shoes and, and like make the, the tongue have the American flag on it and say like these are the, the we'll call them the Nike burners. And if you want to come and, you know, buy our shoes just to burn them, you'll also be burning the American flags, like put them into a kind of conundrum. Damn, checkmate, Dre. Checkmate. <laughs> uh, my, I'll, I'll tell you what my final question is, uh, and I, I kind of want to hear this from all you guys because um, there's been there are all this goat conversation in the NBA about Jordan and LeBron, and I, I'm not going to try and open that can of worms. I don't. I don't even think there's anything interesting more interesting. It ain't neither one of them bums either way. Is there's more hell. Okay. It's not even interesting to have a GOAT conversation, but one of the points that comes up in that is, you know, Jordan was not a political dude, right? Like he didn't, you know, but LeBron is obviously, you know, taking a stand on some things and he's done, he's been very public about his involvement um, in, you know, setting up the school in Ohio uh, and other, you know, he's, he's on Twitter, he's engaging politically, you know, he refused to stay at the Trump hotel when they visited New York um, you know, and he's he's done a lot of prominent things, right? Jordan, on the other hand, I I, I want to make sure I get the quote right. I don't remember it. Uh, you know, when people he said something like, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too, right? Like he that's didn't a misquote. Come out. He never said that. That's what did he a misquote. Say? Did he, he say never anything? said that? 
uh, basically, he just said he didn't want to offend anybody. Um, you know, he wanted his <laughs> shoes to appeal to everybody. You you gotta understand that Jordan and at to to kind of give him uh some some to kind of give him some rope. Uh, Jordan was dealing with a lot of shit. Uh, his first shoe. You got to remember the Jordan one got banned because uh basketball shoes was supposed to be all white, and here he come with this red and black shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, also. Uh, he had to get over the hump. He himself was like a guy who was raised, you know, in that weirdo Christian way to where red was the devil's color. Like he originally didn't want his shoe to be red. Um, and the only the only reason why he kind of like succumbed at the end is because the Nike execs pointed out that the fucking Chicago Bulls were red and black. And if you weren't going to re- wear red, you better explain that to them first. And he didn't have the uh, sway at that time. Later years, he probably could have changed the Bulls' colors. But uh, at that time, he didn't. And so, like, it was factors that kind of played into him just trying to, you know, not make no waves and sell a shoe. Uh, But by the time the Jordan 3 came out, that was no longer an excuse. Like, And it was kids killing each other in the streets for his shoe. And he never made no adjustments or no major statements. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not trying to open that. up a conversation, you know, criticizing Jordan. By the way, I looked it up. There's quite a discussion about whether it was said or not, uh, but apparently it had to do with a uh, Senate race in North Carolina, uh, which is where Jordan's from, obviously. And he was looking for an endorsement, right? The guy who was running for Senate he was a Democrat. Jordan declined, said he wasn't into politics. He explained he didn't really know the issues. And, quote, as he later told a friend, Republicans buy shoes too. So it's hearsay, right? Somebody else said that he said it. Um, but just the idea that, you know, in the 80s and 90s, uh, somebody prominent like that could just say, I'm not into politics uh, because I don't know the issues. It kind of highlights that we're in a different age now. You know, you kind of do need to have an opinion one way or the other, whether that's necessary or not, or whether that's, you know, progress or not. It's not really for me to say. Uh, but it's interesting that some Marshawn of- actually does that today. That's like true, the way but- he moves kind of lets you know how he feels, but he's <laughs> not out here making those statements. He's not making it explicit. Um, all right. Oh, and uh, to, I'm sorry, just one closing thing to that previous point about Kaepernick being too big for football. I think I might concur with that. I happened to meet him uh, last year at um, Native American Sunrise Ceremony at uh, Alcatraz Island. Uh, I've been the official photographer for that event uh, a few years as a blessing. And um, last year, he went and he made a $50,000 donation to Camp Mini Wachoni for them to, um, uh, for them to uh, build a hospital out. You know, I actually know a young lady who had a baby at that camp, so it's dope that he did that. Um, and, like, to see the reactions of the kids and to see the reactions of 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 uh the old the elders you know what i'm saying like how people gravitated to him and his connection to people like he was super gracious he was super humble he super loved all the energy he was getting and he was giving it back you know what i'm saying um from the time that i spent with him nessa left and some other people from his i know your rice camp uh, uh uh it was my job to get them from the top of the island uh, to their boat, you know, as safely and swiftly as possible. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
by the time by the time we got to the bottom of the hill, you know what I'm saying, and seeing them interact with people and seeing them interact with each other, like I got a real sense of that dude and like what he could be beyond a football player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I kind of feel like he is uh more important than football, but at the same time, I want the kids to see a pure win. I want them to see him win. And the biggest win he could possibly get is to win the collusion case, get this Nike money, and somehow step back on the field. You know what I'm saying? And and I think the kids, not only does he deserve that, but I think the kids deserve to see that. You know what I mean? So uh, well I'll end that there. Well said. Uh, that's a fine point to end on. I want to thank everybody for being here today. Charlie, Eming, Paul, especially you, Dre. It's great to see you. I hope we can have you back on future shows. It's very cool. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, we'll see you again next time. Until then, Quest On. This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.